Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Maria Avdiva, she's a specialist in research and analysis, also security, and disinformation. She's the research director at the European Experts Association. She lives in Kharkiv, which is only 40 kilometers from uh, the Russian border in Ukraine, and she's seen a lot. Maria, thank you for coming on the air. First of all, how are you? How's your city? Hello, thank you very much for having me. It's a great pleasure. Uh, yeah, the city is under heavy shelling for, for, for the last uh, three, four days. And uh, the Russian troops are hitting most of the residential areas and the historical city center. Uh, they are they were not able to get control over the city, so there are no Russian troops or saboteurs inside. The Russians are holding positions outside of Kharkiv, which they previously managed to to get over. And Ukrainian troops even trying to counter attack and push them back to the to the Russian border. So uh, they mainly Russian troops are mainly on the uh, on the east and the northeast of Kharkiv, and then the the uh, the southern and western parts are uh, now without uh, so are free. The the roads are not blocked, so it is there is possibility to get to and from the city, uh, but also it is very uh, dangerous because uh, the shelling doesn't stop day and night, and when you are driving in the car. Uh, for example, you with your family are trying to get out of the city, uh, the, you, the, the car can easily become a target for this missile attack. So that's that's uh, dangerous. And also people are staying, uh, the city is mostly deserted, very, very many people have left, but some of them are going out in the morning to get some food supplies and staying in the queues in front of the shops because there are very few shops that now are open and also there are cases when people stay to get some bread and then the missile attack happens and some of the people will be killed because they were just outdoors uh to to get to get some supplies so uh it, it's already 20 five days from the beginning of this war and there are less and less people who are staying inside the city but then uh, the uh, the resistance and the level of uh, of resistance among the military and those civilians who joined the military defense units are even bigger than before because each death of a child of civilian of woman uh, brings them to the understanding that they will and must stay uh, on their positions till the end because behind them there are their homes, families, and loved ones. The city of uh, Kharkiv, is it Kharkiv? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, exactly. Okay, so the city of Kharkiv is the normal population, what, four four or 500,000? Is that it? That's the number that I heard. I'm just wondering how many people have been able to remain, how many people are still in the city, and, you know, you talk about uh, folks just going out to buy some groceries where they have an opportunity to do so early in the morning, and they're still being subjected to missile attack. I'm just wondering about the state of mind and the, and the, and the determination that is being displayed by the people of your city if they're, as they're constantly under attack. Yeah, Kharkiv is the second largest city of Ukraine. It's very hard to say was for me now because actually now it's no more the case but yes it it was the largest the second largest city the population was one and a half million people mm-hmm. uh, so the official numbers was that uh, six uh, thousand uh, sorry six hundred thousand people left 
using the railway uh, only. And also, I would estimate that probably the same number has uh, left uh, Kharkiv by, by cars and by their own transportation. So I would estimate that probably 600,000 people are still in the city. So that's wow. that's a lot. Yes, it and, is. And uh, yeah, and they are. Uh, I have been to the to the underground uh, to see how well the situation is there because people use uh, metro subway to hide there, mm -hmm. uh, and they live there. So it's not they they go there time by time, but generally live there for all this period. And uh, it is very hard to see pe people in this in these conditions. There are children there, and uh, there are special uh, cars like uh, or the underground cars, subway cars, where there will be only children with toys on the floor, and people will try to you know to create some kind of normal situation for them if it could mm -hmm. be called normal at all. Uh, and those people whom I talk to, they always uh, say that what they want is the ceasefire and uh, the war will be over because it is very hard for them to survive in these uh, circumstances. But also I talk to military and territorial defense and their mood is that they, uh, they will fight and they are going to fight and there is no way of, you know, how Russian troops can uh, get over Kharkiv because their morale is very low. They do not understand Russian troops. What are they doing here? Why were they sent here? They were told that there are some Nazis here, but Kharkiv is a Russian-speaking city, a large Russian-speaking city, and people there, there were never any kind of Nazis on this territory and anywhere in Ukraine. And uh, the Russian troops, these young conscripts who come here, they do not know what is the goal of this war. And that's why Ukrainian troops prevail. And that is why Ukraine will win in this war, because we are protecting our land, whereas Russian troops are now aggressors and occupiers and are seen like that all over Ukraine. Maria, what are your thoughts about Western leaders, Western politicians, and their response to Ukraine's needs? They send weapon systems uh, but they have not done what Ukraine has asked for since the very beginning, and we'll be talking about that a little later on in the program, and that is a no-fly zone over the over the country. What is your response? What is your sense about how the West has responded to Ukraine's needs? Yeah, that, that is what President Zelensky and all people of Ukraine ask. Uh, no-fly zone, call it whatever you want, but the, the, the reason is that uh, West should supply Ukraine with the air defense systems, with more defensive weapons, with uh, medium and long range uh, uh, possibilities uh, for uh, anti-aircraft systems. That means that, uh, th that is, so the reason for that is that Putin and his troops are using uh, the air above Ukraine to terrorize Ukrainians, terrorize the population of Ukraine, civilians, because they are not able to do anything on the ground. And Ukraine asks for that not only because it is it, we need it here for our country, but because Putin is testing NATO countries. The last attack he made, uh, it was on Lviv, which is the western city of Ukraine, which is very close to the border with Poland. And I'm researching and monitoring Russian state media a lot, and they are now openly 
openly discussing which country they would invade next. Will it be Poland or Moldova? So they speak about that on national state TV programs. And it is very clear that Putin is showing to NATO and to the Western countries that he will not stop and he is he will use any kind of weapons, any kind of, you know, to any country which he which he wants to. And that is why the only language Putin understands is the language of power. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, speaking about not provoking Putin is not a really good strategy because he is already provoked. He is already in a full war against the free world. And this is now the moment to show him that the, the free world, all the democratic countries are here defending Ukraine, but it was not only for sake of Ukraine, but for sake of the, uh, of the security of whole Europe. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.